calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Welcome to another Take 15 episode from CFA Institute. I'm Dave Larrabee, and today I'm joined by Robert Johnston of Eurasia Group. Robert uh, directs the firm's global energy and natural resources practice. Robert, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Dave. Glad to be here. Uh, well, the global natural uh, gas market seems intently focused on the emergence of the U.S. as an LNG export play, uh, and clearly the U.S. has the reserves to be a dominant global player. Do you expect the regulatory and trade policies of the Obama administration to be supportive of this shift? And uh, what are the geopolitical implications of the U.S. becoming this global gas superpower? Yeah, I think, I think the, key, the key way to look at the Obama administration's policy is that they will support LNG exports, but only up to a point. I think they're very concerned that if you get more than, say, 6 to 8 billion cubic feet a day of exports, which would be about 10 to 12 percent of the market, that you could see a price shock that would be politically unacceptable here uh, in the United States. In terms of geopolitical impact, I think it's going to be a key in Asia in terms of uh, customers over there and partners that are that are very short on gas right now, Japan, Korea, India. And it's also going to have a big impact on, on some of the U.S. Uh, rivals, Russia, Venezuela, Iran. We can talk about that as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, turning our attention to Asia, uh, China is trying to quench their thirst for energy and lessen their dependence on coal. Japan's trying to decrease their reliance on nuclear power. Uh, at the same time, you've got territorial disputes and tensions rising between these two countries. Um, how do you expect these cross-currents to, to play out, and, and what are the implications for your energy markets? Sure. I think some of the conflict patterns in Asia are driven by energy insecurity or perceptions of energy insecurity. And certainly Japan uh, is a country that will benefit greatly from U.S. LNG exports. We don't see U.S. LNG any up in China. Not likely Congress would support that. It would be create political controversy here in the United States. But mm -hmm. even having LNG go to Japan would free up more supply in the market that could go to China at a, at a lower price. So there's a big impact there as well. Mm -hmm. Let's turn to the Middle East. Uh, well, how's the shale energy boom affecting politics of the, the Middle East? It's having a significant impact. I think that, um, you know, we think of the Middle East as being a region that's long energy. Uh, several of these countries are actually short on natural gas supply. They haven't been able to figure out how to monetize their sort of non-associated gas reserves in places like Kuwait and Saudi Arabia. Uh, so we can actually see, actually see some U.S. gas ending up back in the region uh, as those countries potentially import gas. Uh, and it will also have a geopolitical impact on uh, countries like Iran that have aspirations to be gas exporters that have huge resources, but uh, the market may be met by the U.S. and other suppliers instead. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Closer to home, just this week we heard that uh, Hugo Chavez of Venezuela passed away. What does that mean for energy markets? Yeah, Venezuela's interesting case is somewhat like Iran in the sense that Venezuela's gas potential has not really been developed. Uh, there's been projects on the table there for 15 or 20 years for LNG that have never gone anywhere due to political unrest. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. But if we get a new government in place, there's a potential for gradual energy reform uh, that can have a significant impact, particularly on the oil market. Okay. Let's turn our attention to some of the risks out there. Environmentalists have been especially vocal in their opposition to hydraulic fracturing or fracking. Uh, it's a very politically charged issue. Opinions seem to be 
sharply divided. Uh, are there any definitive studies out there on the environmental impact of fracking, or is this uh, debate still unsettled in your view? I think there, there are some definitive conclusions about fracking in the sense that it is safe if it's done properly. And most companies, probably the overwhelming majority of companies, do it properly in terms of cementing the wells to ensure there's no water contamination uh, or no fugitive emissions. Mm -hmm. uh, but all it takes is one or two companies to do it improperly and have a significant public health impact. Also, you have a lot of local impacts with trucking and noise and pipeline construction and flare towers uh, that also creates issues at the local level. So I think we know more about the science, but there's still questions about how it's implemented. Okay, so it seems as much a political issue as it is an environmental one. I think risk. so, especially at the local level. So high-profile disasters um, remind us that uh, environmental risk can't be easily dismissed or even sure. discounted. Uh, and of course, you've got political and regulatory risks that uh, are hard to ignore. Uh, when it comes to the energy markets, um, are there any risks out there today that uh, maybe go underappreciated by investors? Yeah, I think on the environmental side, I would look closely at the, uh, the sort of oil shipments by rail story that's emerging in the mm -hmm. U.S., uh, we don't know how the rail system will hold up over time as all this, you know, hundreds of thousands of barrels are moved uh, by train. It is safe, but again, it all takes one accident. On the geopolitical side, uh, I think I'd be very focused on Iran and the nuclear standoff there with Israel and the United States, and also Venezuela with the uncertainty what comes after Chavez. So if we do see this globalization of the natural gas market and the U.S. becomes a, a global dominant player, uh, where are the opportunities for investors? Are there are some themes out there we can focus on? Yeah, I think the, the key theme I'd say is sort of first mover advantage, which U.S. exporters and probably in Canada as well are going to get their contracts signed, their permits in place, and get into the market first. Uh, because the Asian market will probably become longer gas over time, pricing will shift, uh, and there may be a limit on how much exports can actually be approved in the U.S. So it's important to look at the projects at the front end of that queue. There's a long list of projects that want approval, but not all of them will get it. Fascinating. Robert, thanks very much for thanks sharing your me. insights with us today. And thank you for watching. You can access our full catalog of webcasts at cfawebcast.org. Copyright 2013 CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.